Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Yeshua Eisenberg. And today, I am joined by my older brother, Rev. Daniel Eisenberg. Thanks for joining us. And Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I always love to have one of my brothers when we have one of these intense partial conversations. Today's conversation, this discussion, is going to be on an, a heavy issue from Parshas Toldos, the issue of the scheme, the deception, the situation in which Yaakov Avinu usurps the brachos from Esav, from their father Yitzchak Avinu, all carried out and orchestrated by Rivka Imenu. Before we have that conversation, I just want to thank our sponsor for this week. is my sister-in-law, Esther Freund, and she is doing it in Schus, um, and in, in Mazel Tov, for the bar mitzvah of her son, her Bechor, Yosef Eliyahu. And um, so I, I'm going to wish you a Mazel Tov right now. And thank you for sponsoring. Anybody who wants to sponsor, all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data and then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com. And for whatever, whatever schus you want, you can just reach out and we will be happy to have your sponsorship. Okay, now let's go right into the issue of Daniel. So it's a very it's it's a very heavy issue in the parish, as I mentioned earlier, and it's 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 hard to relate to on on multiple grounds. And we hear the story. And, and, yeah. and, and I, I feel I feel that uh, when we're younger, you know, de- depending on, on uh, you know your education, but I feel like if you have a, a you know a typical yeshiva education, when you're younger, it doesn't re- really strike you as much as as many um, stories in the Torah don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, but w- but when when you're learning it again, um, as you're older, with the more you know uh, developed uh, you know, perception of, of of life and and of, of Torah learning, uh, it, you you really have to grapple with some of the challenges here. Right. So, but I guess before we go further, let's just outline the story. I assume most people know it, but um, we're gonna just break it down anyway. We know that um, we um, Rivka Imenu. After her barrenness, she eventually gives birth to these two children, Yaakov and Esav. Mazel Tov, Mazel is the Bechor. Uh, Rivka is going to sponsor next week. Um, but uh, Rivka she's, gives birth. She's going to she's she's pay double. So, uh, you, have to, you have to try to do a triple sponsorship if you want to be that Rivka next week. <laughs> um, so, so Rivka has these two children, and she she does um, have a prophecy. Of, well, while they were while she was pregnant with them, she has a prophecy, um, or she hears from shame. Um, that that what the the older or the, the rav is going to serve the tzair, which presumably means the older is going to serve the younger, and we have grew up learning that Yaakov is the tzaddik, Esav is the rasha, which is the the I guess the pashup shot of the story. But we know that Yitzchak favors Esav. The Chumash says that Rivka favors Yaakov, and at the end of Yitzchak's life, or presumably the point where he's expecting that he might die, so Yitzchak wants to bless Esav. I'm skipping the whole middle, middle of Parsha's told us right now. Um, go to Parsha Panorama to find out what's, what, ha- what happens in the middle. But um, Yitzchak wants to bless Esav, and Rivka overhears, and ostensibly, um, ostensibly Rivka um, comes up with a scheme to... Or, um, she arranges that Yaakov will deceive Yitzchak and get the blessings, intercept the blessings before Esav comes. So although Esav is preparing food, Yaakov is preparing the same dish. And Yaakov comes in with the food, gets the blessings, and the rest is really history. Yitzchak um, ultimately concedes 
to having blessed Yaakov when Esav comes back. But um, at the end of it, um, you know, we, we, we walk away with this story, that Yaakov forever, B'ni B'chori Yisrael, right? Esav was originally the B'chor. One story that I had glossed over is the fact that in their childhood, Yaakov actually bought the, the birthright, the firstborn status from Esav. Right, Esav comes back from the field, he's tired, and now, um, and Esav says, I'm going to die, give me food. So Yaakov gives him the food only under the condition that he swears to give him the, the, the firstborn status. He confers it upon him, and then, and, and again, we're, we're left with B'ni B'chori Yisrael. For generations, we are the nation that we are because of this story. Right. Okay, so... That's a good So now that we have that, we, uh, we have this story while we consider, you know, we grow up learning Midvar Shekir Tirchak, right? Um, I, I spoke about this in, in, in a different Real Talk Torah. It's a Marvelous Midas Machine song, right? So, but it's not just a Marvelous Midas Machine song. It's a Pasuk in the Torah. We distance ourselves as much as possible from... The, from presu- the presumably the, the, the Pasuk is quoting Marvelous Midas. Uh-huh. Well, well e- even so... The, the you know whether whether you want to talk about the topic of Genevas das, which is simply misleading another person, you have midvar shaker tirchak. You're not supposed to um, be dishonest. You know, by all means, you're supposed to distance yourself. And we know that the Gemara in Bav Metzia famously quotes three to, three examples of cases where you could lie. And we know that we had in two weeks ago's parsha Bayera we have a Kaddish Baruch Hu lying for shalom bias. So there's a lot of leeway. And maybe we could argue that this is one of those cases, but you still relate to the, like, you know, you look at the story, and on the one hand, like you said, we relate to it as when we learn it from when we're children, so we have this very superficial way of learning it. It's almost like, we, like Yaakov Avinu, being Yaakov Avinu, who is it Sadik, so I think we're, we're trained innately not to ask questions on it and just say Yaakov is the Tzadik, and Rivka said do it, and Rivka has a Racha Kodesh, so of course do it. And Asif is the Russia, so all's fair in love and war. That, right, and, 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 and not to necessarily knock that approach. I mean, we can, we can come back to that later, but uh, just, just because we're trained to view Yaakov as a tzaddik doesn't mean that that is uh, incorrect, uh, definitely not at that stage of life, uh, meaning when, when we're younger to learn that way. But but yes, uh, at, at the end, you you know, I mean, this, this is the impression we have, and when we get older, uh, we, we reread the story, and we have to... Um, have to grapple with it differently, right? Because I, I think I think you can go in the opposite direction and also make a mistake, right? Like, I, again, I'm not um, as you as you just pointed out, which I think was um, I'm glad that you did. We're not saying that oh, it must be Yaakov is not a tzaddik. Of course, Yaakov is a tzaddik, and uh, he's and he's our forefather, the Bechir Teshuva Avos. Um, where 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 the whole point of this conversation is not to say you know, let, you know let, let, let's, let's take a critical look at this and, you know, call him out for what, for what it is. Um, I do think we should look at it with as, you know, with intellectually honest eyes, but you can go to the opposite extreme and say, well, yeah, that was just a bold-faced lie. You know, he went in, said, you know, I, I, I am Asa of your firstborn. And if you're looking at just the text of the Chumash, you walk away with that, you'll say, look, you know, just, just like any person in politics lies for convenience... You know, Yaakov had something, he had an agenda, he needed to get it done, and when you don't know how to do it with honesty, you do it by lying. Or, or you know, like, you, you, can, you, can, you can sort of have that depiction also, which I think is a mistake. Right. So, so, so I, what, you, what you have to do over here, um, 
and, and really every story in Tanakh is that uh, on the one hand, as 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 from Jews and and, and uh, supporters um, of the Masora, so we have to on the one hand um, treasure the Masora that we have, the tradition that we have that's passed down, uh, the oral tradition, um, you know everything that Chazal tell us, and, and just you know just also big picture ideas. For example, uh, beyond any particular story that Chazal tell us about, we also have a just a big picture tradition that Yaakov is 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 a tzaddik and 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 one of the avos that we look up to for inspiration throughout our lives. So there's that. You always have to. So that that's that's a big piece of the Masora as well as the you know individual like you know the pshat over here quoted by Rashi and the Gemara. So so there's that. But on the other hand, also what we have in our tradition is the exact text of the story as as it is before our eyes. It is our uh, tradition that every single word in the Chumash is as it was uh, given to uh, Moshe Rabbeinu from God. Therefore, the, the, the impression of the story that you have in front of you, the, that if you do a, 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 you know, just a, a read, a simple read of the piece of literature, holy literature, albeit holy literature, but the piece of literature in front of you, the, there, there is inherently truth to the words you see in front of you. So, you know, if it, it could be, I'm not saying it is, we'd have to, we're gonna analyze the story, we're gonna take a look. But if at the end of the day, the, the simple read in front of us is that Yaakov is, is bad, Hasashami did something wrong. So that's a reality that we have to uh, try to make work with the Messiah that we have. We can't just ignore the text, because the text is also part of our Masora. Right, very good. So, like, I, I think, um, you know, a good marshal to what you're saying, um, another dogma, actually, that we have in the Torah, we have a Pasuk saying that Vayishkav Ruvain in Bilha. Right, and Chazal tell us right away, and all the Mepharshim, you, you, won't, you, you will hardly find a, a Meparish that will not quote the, the Masora from the Gemara in Shabbos that says that the, that the event that's described in the Chumash is not, you know, you... You can't translate it straight because the, trans- the straight translation is not an accurate portrayal of what happened in the story. Ruvain and Bilhah did not have a union, but Ruvain moved the bed. And, you know, even, even all the Pashtunim will say this is Chazal's tradition, which is important, meaning we're not saying that's not what the text says. The text says what it says, but you have to realize that it's qualified by a tradition, and you can't really divorce the two. So... Um, I, and I, I want to, you know, take that same uh, concept that that you, that you just brought here, and with my dogma, and just apply it to this story. For example, I mentioned um, earlier in passing that the Chumash just says, you know, that Yaakov states this boldface lie on the ace of Bechorecha, right? And Chazal have a very, or you know, Rashi quotes it at least right here. Um, of, 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 he, he tells you how you're supposed to read those words, right? So in the story. Yaakov um, comes in, right? So, okay, Vayomer Yaakov el Aviv. Anochi, it's here. It's Anochi Esav Bechorecha. It's Parak Chav Zayin Pasuk Yudtes. Vayomer Yaakov el Aviv. Anochi Esav Bechorecha. Now translate that straight. I am Esav, your firstborn. Right? It looks like a lie, and then you see Rashi right there. Anochi Hamevi Lecha. I'm the one who's bringing to you. The Esav who and Esav is your firstborn. 
And if Yaakov actually uttered those words, there's no way he said the sentence straight out. It, uh, it must be he, he whispered some of the parts. So uh, now, here, you know, here's what I, I you know, want to... Here, here's what I, I think I, I, most people naturally struggle with when they read that Rashi and how we're going to hopefully deal with that Rashi. The, the struggle, I think, is obvious. The Pusik says what it says, I am ace of your firstborn, which looks like a bold-faced lie. Rashi says, no, of course not. <laughs> right? He says, I, no, I am, Anochi is modifying the one bringing you the food, and another factual statement is that Esav is your firstborn. So the reason why we don't like that, you know, intuitively at least, it, it, viscerally we don't, we don't like that, because it just does, it, it, it sounds like it's, uh, it's, it's changing the story, it sounds like it's it's editing the text. It's it's it's. it's um, oh yeah. So yeah, so, so, I, so I, I think there's two problems. There's, okay. There's that that we're that we're, you know, that, that's not what it, the pasuk says. You're editing the text. But but another problem I think is that okay. So let's 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 give it to you. Let's say that there's some words in parentheses in the text, and, and you should insert words there. But is that really acceptable if you technically said words of truth, but they, right. But but really, the purpose was was complete deception. When he says, "Who are you?" and he says, "I am who I am," and Asav is your behor. Right. The Marasayan so, for us as the readers is very clearly that he looks like he's lying. Like it's oh so so I, what I would get from this is that oh it's okay to lie as long as it's technically true. All right. So good point. So now certainly Kanevastas. So, I think that's a second problem that you have, even if you accept. Uh, the added words from Rashi into the text. Right. So the first, the, the, I guess the first part is assuming, like again, uh, we're, we're playing devil's advocate and we're, we're we're putting our skeptical glasses on, or maybe maybe you, you might want to call it our intellectually honest glasses on. We're saying Rashi, come on, is that really what happened in the story? Um, that's the first, and then the second is, and let's say we grant you, as you said, grant you that that's that's what Yaakov actually. Those were the words that that came out of Yaakov's mouth. So. Even then, does it fix what is blatantly wrong with the story in our eyes? So, it, well, what it uh, sounds like, yeah. Yeah, but if I could just just add one point, sure. Um, just just to strengthen all our questions, and, and then and I, if, if you know, just just part of part of the misar, just what's what's so painful about this is that um, we are we are told that the the primary mida. Of Yaakov Avinu is Titanemus Yaakov. That we are told that he is a he is a, a man of truth and, and perhaps even a paradigm of truth. As much as Avram is is a Baal Chesed, or and, and as much as Yitzhak is 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 a, is a Gibor a Baal Gavura, so Yaakov is the man of of MS. And then we're you know there's several instances in Yaakov's life. Uh, where, where you know where he steals the heart of love, meaning he deceives love right. on it. A couple of times, actually, there are. So you know, it's it's very questionable. And by the way, it, and especially it, it when we could get to be that case. in multiple of these stories, we can say we can have an ends justify the means approach. If, if Yaakov thinks Lovin's going to kill him, for example, in that story, you could say, okay, maybe Gnevis Das is warranted there. But you're right. Each uh, you know each stage, you know, we have, we have that that issue, especially Yaakov being the 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 ish you know MS. And, and I, I want to throw something on top of that, because I, I had a conversation with someone who wanted to compare Yaakov Avinu to a Slytherin kind of character, 
that, you know, he's cunning, he, he's determined, he has a way of manipulating the things that he can get what he wants. At least that's what you might theoretically get from this story, just the text. But go back to Rashi. I mean, that, 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 which is why Esau accuses him of. He says, he says Yaakov is Milashon. Right. Of this Mirma. But, but I... I but since you pointed out the whole idea um, of our Messorah, that Yaakov is an Ish Emes, I want to direct you back to Esav and Yaakov when they're born, or rather when they grow up, and the Chumash describes the characteristics of Esav and Yaakov. And with Rashi's help, it, like, it, it just glares at you. Right? And what, what, what does Rashi tell us about that? So, Yodei Sayid. He can ensnare, he can deceive, as aviv his father, befiv with his mouth. All right, and so I'm going I'm to skip to Yaakov. What does it say about Yaakov? V'yakov ishtam. He was a simple, wholesome man, Yosheva Holim. And what does Rashi say about that? Tum? Eino baki b'cholela. He's not an expert in all of these things that I just talked about earlier when I was describing Esav. He's not an expert at these things. And keep going. Kilibo kain piv. As is his heart, so is his mouth. You, you, you will not find in Yaakov Avinu something that comes out of his mouth that's not what's in his heart. We're not talking about someone who's sharp and deceiving. And someone like that, karoi tam. That's called tam. You're called simple. Now, or, or wholesome. Yeah, he's wholesome, he's simple. Now, the, 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 the two people Rashi are describing, you would think, you would think that the former... Based on the story that we have in front of us, you think that the former is a description of Yaakov. He's someone who knows how to trick people with his mouth. And Esau, you would say he's unrefined. You know, he, he doesn't look crafty. And Esau is the one that gets duped throughout you know, Parshas Toldos. Yaakov seems to be the one that has ways of manipulating circumstances to getting what he needs. Albeit, you know, Rivka helped him out. But it's so fascinating that R- Rashi's not going off on a limb. Rashi knew what the Parsha was going to say later when he told us that Yaakov, that Kilibo Kane Piv, that Yaakov is absolutely not an expert in these things. I, I think that's just fascinating. It's not just that Yaakov is an honest man, but Yaakov is a man that does not know how to lie. So some people are bad at lying. Like I personally, I, I think I'm a terrible liar. Um, and I hope I'm a terrible liar. But like, you know, even in circumstances... Even in circumstances where you are allowed to lie, I'm very, you know, like you know, like the we, we alluded to earlier, there are circumstances where a person is allowed to to bend the truth. I naturally am in uncomfortable in all of those situations. I'm just not good at it. I don't, I don't think I'm very convincing um, at being a liar. And it's uh, like that's, that sounds like we, we, what Rashi's saying is Yaakov was not really a capable liar. He's not a Bucky in right. these things. Right. So now we try try to uh, yeah yeah I I think it's uh, Rabbeinu Chayos who points out that this is uh, that this this split of the, uh, the the two descriptions are actually like uh, reverse parallels of each other that he's when he's the Ish Sade so he's the Ish uh, he's the Yosheva Halim he's in the field he's in the tents and he is Tom and he is Yodei Tzayid. That he he is a hunter and he's wholesome. It's that that there there there's an exact um, you know opposite here, and it, one is that one is a uh, as you might call a trapper. He is a hunter. He is a deceiver, and uh, the other one is the exact opposite. Someone who who could barely deceive if uh, if if forced into the situation to do so. 
Right, so, so now, now, now we have that picture of Yaakov Avinu. And it's, it, again, it's fascinating because Yaakov pulls off the lie here. Now, there is that Rav Hirsch, right? There, there, there's a Rav Hirsch, that, there, there are a couple of famous Rav Hirsches in Parshas Toldos. There's the one that says that, uh, that Yitzhak and Rivka um, didn't give um, Esav the proper chinuch for what he needed. But the, the, the Rav Hirsch that I wanted to talk about is the one that says that Rivka intentionally needed to use a scheme because Rivka had tried to tell um, Yitzhak you know, throughout the, the lives of their children that Yitzchak was being duped by Esav, um, thinking that Esav was someone who was worthy, and he really wasn't. And so, and in fact, Rivka needed to show Yitzchak that he was being duped. And some, you know, you might have the approach that, you know, Yaakov was not really good at these things, and Rivka was kind of trying to push Yaakov and almost make Yaakov into someone who was able to pull off a trick. Um, but... But that also might speak to how this was not Yaakov's natural craft, and maybe that's what you find, and maybe that's consistent with the later Rashi that says that Yaakov couldn't really utter the words of bechorecha straight. He he couldn't. That that's inconsistent right. with Yaakov's personality. Right. So that's, that that would actually be a way to understand that. But again, we're, st- that... we're we're still we're still we're, we still struggle with that Rashi later because it's like. Come on, the Torah presented it in a certain way, and you're going to tell me now, you know, this Midrash is going to come along and tell me that the words that the Chumash says, we shouldn't believe our lying eyes, but really, Chazal are telling us what, um, you know, what, what Yaakov actually said that day. It, well, it, it makes yeah, you wonder I, what Chazal I, had in mind. I, Chazal I, clearly had something I in mind. Think, I think we, you, you really just answered it. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good approach for... Um, I think I think that's one of the answers that's suggested to explain how Yaakov is, is in each MS, um, despite especially this scene. I think this this scene is one of the biggest um, demonstrations of his of Yaakov's, I guess, uh, you know, being a deceiver. Right? There there, there are other instances later on, especially in Vayetzei, but um, <laughs> this scene I think is one of the biggest ones. How do we make this fit in with Yaakov being in each MS? And the answer is that. He was an Ish MS who was like forced into the situation where he had to lie, and he could barely bring himself to do it. There are other midrashim. I was. I think I know which one you're about to quote, and please keep going. I, um, what about the malachim? Midrash, or do you want me to not quote? No, no. I want the midrash. Okay. So th- there's. A, I mean, there's one midrash where uh, where where malachim grab his arms. Right. The the the, the malachim from the right and left in Bashem, Gavriel. Amichal and Gavriel grab him by the right and left arms, and they drag him before Yitzhak. He's actually, he's about to chicken out, they drag him before. I believe there's even a Midrash, might be Rishas Rabbah, that said that Yaakov was so terrified, I'm not, out of cover to the Tzadik, I'm not going to say what happened uh, mm. to Yaakov, that he was so nervous, but you can imagine. So, um, so now, if we have... So he was, yeah. he was, he, he could not bring himself to, to do it. He was like, the, the Chazal tells us, he was like forced by the Malachim. Right. And, and what that would mean over here, though, I, I, it doesn't bother me really that the Chumash leaves out words. Because what the Chumash is saying, essentially, you know what really happened here? You know what actually took place? Yaakov told the, the lie that, that Yitzhak needed to hear at the time. That's what, for all intents and purposes, that's what happened. However, the, the truth is, what actually happened, what really took place is that Yaakov, uh, even despite the, the lie he needed to say, or the deception he needed to put forth, he happened to have done it in an honest way because he, he 
the Yaakov, the man of Emes, could not possibly get his mouth to utter words of falsehood. Yes, at the end of the day, when push comes, came to shove, he needed to deceive, and he indeed deceived, and that's what the Torah records, because that's really what the Torah needs for, for the narrative to go go on. But if you want to talk about the man himself, the man himself is an Ishemus who did not actually let himself utter the uh, uh, lying words. So that really, that, that I think answers up the uh, the Titan Elvis Yaakov. He is a man of truth, just over here. He, he, for whatever reason, which we didn't really properly discuss yet, he needed to lie. And this Rashi over here, which throws in words, and, and well, yeah, it could be it throws in words, because that's not the intent of the, of the Pasuk. The Pasuk doesn't need to tell me but <coughs> Yaakov's truthfulness at this point. The, 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 the purpose of the, for the purpose of the narrative, we need to know about Yaakov's lie that Yitzhak needs to hear. And uh, it, it also really addresses the, the point of, uh, you know, what, what's, what's, really, what's really being said. Um, you know, I, 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 I think that this really does does deal with it because then we said Rashi doesn't really help because Yaakov is still deceptive nevertheless and yeah that, but it could be that's not the point yes of course he's deceptive he needed to be deceptive here for whatever reason but even when he was deceptive he couldn't bring himself to utter a lie because he was in each time so I was thinking of a what I think is an interesting al- reversed alternative of what you're suggesting um, and uh, meaning so with, um, just to summarize you're saying the Chumash tells you for all intents and purposes, this is what happens. And the Midrash tells you the historical aspect of, okay, but you re- recognize that Yaakov was actually really honest, and this is actually how we said it. So, but, and the Torah says, we, like, if, if, if your takeaway has to, like, I want your takeaway to be that, yes, Yaakov in this situation had to lie, and he did it, and the Midrash says, no, that he did it in a, he did it in a, tr- in, a in a truthful way. So I was thinking an, um, an, a perhaps reversed way of looking at it is that, Maybe the reverse way of looking at it would be that Yaakov said the words Now, Chazal are telling us that Malachim dragged him in. Chazal are telling us that he actually said, I'm the one bringing you the food and Esav is your firstborn. You can look at all of those Midrashim homiletically, say that none of those were historically what happened. Now, what's Chazal's agenda? Quote-unquote. And Chazal are not making, you know, the, the Chazal are not, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you could say it's a historical fiction, sort of way. Um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to say that carefully because I, I, you know, like in terms of how you approach Midrashim in general, I think it's a delicate conversation. But let's say the idea is that did it, did Yaakov say the words Anochi Yes. But was Yaakov absolutely uncomfortable, even in the situation where lying might have been um, justified? Because there are many, you know, there we find various situations where, for the greater good, it could be that, you know, the I, I don't like to use the term that the ends justify the means, but this crime was was justified here. But nonetheless, recognize how the Ish Emes in this situation was in, in a place where he didn't want to, he really didn't want to, and he would try as much as possible, even if he was saying something dishonest, to say it in a way that wasn't necessarily that way. And did it happen the way the Midrash is saying? You know, we, we have no real way of knowing for sure. But the point is, if Chazal had, quote-unquote, an agenda, it was to let us know that whatever you think of this story, Yaakov was an honest person, Yaakov was a tzaddik, and Yaakov might not even be wholly to blame for the circumstance that he was in. Yeah. 
and and, and, right. I, and I, I think the the takeaway is the same as what you're saying, but it's it's yeah. a slightly reversed approach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's, it's whether whether the the midrash quoted by Rashi is literal and the pasuk is figurative, or lavdafka, or vice versa. And right. I I, <laughs> I I I bounce back and forth throughout uh, throughout my learning. Um, sometimes I lean more towards here, and sometimes I lean more towards there. And I think I think uh, you know both are correct uh, at different points. So right. both uh, both both would uh, possibly explain this um, troubling Rashi, and both would also address the question of of Yaakov remaining the Ishemes despite this deception. Right, and so now another part of the conversation, and we're, we're, I think we're going to wrap up soon, but another part of the conversation is how we relate to the story. Now, it happens. Yaakov is the Bechor, and he, this is what he did, and historically, he, there was a deception story. It happens. Now, how much of that was the right thing to do? How much of it was the wrong thing to do? All things considered, Yaakov is Tzadik, Yaakov is an Ishemes. Now, now, by the way, a lot of stories about deception are not stories about pathological liars. Right, a lot of stories that we encounter every day that pertain to deception are not stories about pathological liars. They're stories about honest people who are in very sticky situations where sometimes they can't just say the truth. And I think that you know that's a story that I think should speak to all of us. Right, the, the, the Chumash is not telling, uh, is not talking to pathological liars. It's talking to honest people, you know, honest everyday people like hopefully you and I, and it's saying. You know, like, you know, um, th- this is the situation that you might find yourself in. Now, when we relate to the situation of did Yaakov do the right thing or the wrong thing, we know that this is what Rivka told him to do. Presumably, he was supposed to listen, but you find Midrashim in the other direction that almost seemed to to blame Yaakov, right? We find with Leah when Leah deceives. Um, Lavan and Leah deceive Yaakov with the marriage, and then the ya- Leah, sa- um, you know, um, we find um, Lavan saying, "Oh, in our place, the older marries first you know, and and the, it seems to be like a, a shtach to Yaakov, and Leah saying, and Leah saying, "Oh, well, you know, you were okay with deceiving your father and and and, and duping your brother, so now I, you know, I'm doing the same thing, and you're going to get mad at me for it." So we we, we see, and, there, and, 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 there, and there are more there are more instances where he seems to suffer. The consequences of this deception, with uh, I don't know if you want to get into it, but with uh, certain things that happened with Tamar and Yehuda, and certain things with uh, with Mechiras Yosef, right. which all seem to so, be a consequence. So actually, let me, of, let me quote you, Amar Makom. Um, so my my Rebbe Rabbi Yonason Sachs, the Rosh Hashiva that we shared, um, he um, in his sefer he is um, very prolific. His farm Yomim Mikadem on 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 Chumash on Parsha, and in this story he quotes. The the Zayas Ra'anon b'shem the Gra. So I'm not really uh, I don't know much about the Zayas Ra'anon, but the Zayas Ra'anon b'shem the Gra. He has a pshat on the pasuk. I I, I, li- I live the, Z- the Zayas Ra'anon. Yeah, I, I live it I live. too. Uh, but um, the it's on the pasuk where Rifka Imenu says, that the curse will be upon me." Right, so. When Yaakov says, if, 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 if my father finds out that, that I'm doing this, he's not going to bless me, he's going to curse me. And then she says, no, the curse will be upon me. So that word, a lie, comes up again later in the Torah when Yaakov says that all of this came, kulana, all of this came, a lie upon me. And there Rashi quotes a lie, ayin is Esav Lamed is Lavan, and Yud is Yosef, the Mechiris Yosef. So 
when it's incredible, but the, the, this Zayis Rambam B'Shem Legro says, "What's Allah kilas chabini?" Rifka Menu maybe outwardly is telling Yaakov, "It's all going to come upon me. This is all going to fall upon me." And it sounds like none of it's going to fall upon you. But apparently, it was an unwitting prophecy that no, you know what's going to happen to you because of all of this? A lie. Ayin Lamid Yud, Esav Lavan Yosef. Almost as if the very Pusik which should be taking the burden of blame off of Yaakov is actually saying, no, and you're going to bear the brunt of the, of the Klala that's going to happen later in your life. And apparently, it's connected back to this story that you're going to experience Gullus. So, yeah. and, 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 and there are also various uh, midrashim that, that just point to the, the tears that Esau shed, uh, how much suffering that uh, it, it brought to Klal Yisrael, especially at the hands of the Romans and the descendants of Esau, um, because of, of the deception, which, you know, if, uh, if that was what it's supposed to be, so that's you know, something you also have to deal with. If that, if, you know, the, the, if Yaakov was getting punished, does that mean that the deception was was something that he should not have done? Right, and despite telling him to have done it. Yeah, and so Rivianus and Sachs quotes some other Marmakumas that suggest that part of the Bini Bechori Yisrael is the Gullus experience; that that was what he was inheriting. So, we, like we say in the Haggadah, you know, that talks about um, in um, Arami Ovidavi, or is it there, or no, it might be in Mitzchila of the Avodah But the story talks about how. Um, Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim. Esav inherited Seir, right? So part of uh, p- part of the story is p- part of being the Bechor is the promise of the Brisbane of Asar that you're going to go to Galus. Meaning that that's what you bargain for when you when you when you say I want to be the Bechor. So what you're what you're essentially taking upon your shoulders is whatever Hashem promised Avraham was going to happen to his his, his primary offspring. So that's what that's what Yaakov was inheriting when he took upon it. So that you can look at that and say Yaakov didn't do anything wrong, but this is just what you get when you inherit the the, the firstborn status. Or there again, there are other magicians that seem to imply that there was an aspect of incorrectness to this story uh, that, that what Yaakov did. And so it makes you wonder if Yaakov is the tzaddik and Yaakov absolutely did what he was supposed to do in this situation, and yet you know, like they say, machlokas is a fire. So maybe dishonesty is also like a fire. You know, however way you slice it, even if you're dishonest in a circumstance where you're allowed to, but it's a fire. It has a, you know, there's a messy outcome. It's dangerous, and and if whatever fire catches, it can it can damage things, and that's what led to Yaakov's whole future with his children and deception and Yosef and all the things that he went through. Um, but it's uh, again, it's 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 it's, it's it, we struggle with this because we want to know, you know. In a, in a similar situation, we would we, we'd probably tell most people not to copy what Yaakov did in that story. Most of us don't have Ruach HaKodesh. Most of us are not being guided by Rifka Imenu. So we would probably not copy it. And yet we, we rely on this story. As I said, we are Klal Yisrael because of this story. So right. I, I think if, there, if there's one takeaway, it's that it's a very difficult story. And it's a, it's a difficult part of our DNA. And there are apparently... You know, you you got to do what you got to do. Aspects to the story, and then there's you know, it's not the best mode of of getting what you need to you know, getting what you need, um, even for the greater good. You know, if there's a better mode, a more honest mode, you know, then that would be the way. Right, and, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know, if, uh, I don't know if I want to get into it now, but it, it could be that the fact that the situation required this was uh, like, it, I mean, the, the fact that. 
that it needed to be that Yaakov needed to, to see Yitzhak and take it away. It could be that's due to the fault of uh, you know various uh, players, Yaakov himself included, and perhaps Yaakov. Right, so- Taking the before in the first place. Right, so let's, let's, so yeah, we, we can touch on that for just a second because again, um, Esav we know was a Russia. So to whatever extent Yitzchak knew that Esav was a Russia, Rivka's position was Esav can absolutely not receive the brachos, um, and you know maybe maybe Yaakov could have done something that Esav wouldn't have been a Russia. You know, we, we um, the, the only the, the only earlier story we have is the, is the Mechira with the firstborn status, and there's the first. The first time we see Esav looking not like a tzaddik, right? The right. But and and then even even then it's questionable. I mean, if if he's you know not not a tzaddik, there he's just some or someone who's very very hungry and perhaps on the brink of death, which is which is though the comment you know, the comment leaves off. Esav Esav spurned this. He 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 completely disrespected it. Right. Meaning and, right. that, that seems it's to be true. the sign-off. That's the sign-off of that story. It's that Asa, well, he rejected it. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, what was it that... I mean, according to the Dostokanum, he rejected it uh, previously, which uh-huh. is why Yaakov felt, uh, felt uh, you know, uh, justified in, in taking the Bechora. Um, this is Yaakov's while, very first trick. This is Yaakov's first trick, and you know what? It doesn't seem like it's not the cra- it's not the most crafty trick, right? We said Yaakov's not a bucky in being crafty, but this is more like you know. He, I guess you could say he manipulated, but it was more no, like he, it was he, Ace of he, Desperation. He found the right time. He found the right time. He was he, he, right. He, it was he, he was an opportunist. He, he took advantage of the time. There's nothing there's nothing shady. There's nothing tricky here. He just uh, he he saw Asa was at a, a at a, a, a perhaps a moment of weakness, unless it was a constant. You know, thing that Asa was uh, was at a moment of weakness, but we don't really know because we don't know so many stories about Asa. But this is the one that we do have, where Asa was in the moment of weakness, and uh, Yaakov took uh, took the opportunity to demonstrate that uh, Asa was not fitting for the job. Now, I mean, you you, you know, you know, I approached that. Uh, yeah. You know, that, you, that you, you perhaps perhaps we can suggest that um, you know Yaakov. Could have been more instrumental um, in in you know keeping Asav uh, in the proper position, you know, to be a bechor. It's 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 unclear. There 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 are right. some. I mean, uh, we, we know that our tzaddikim are judge kichuta sara. So even in a story where maybe almost every action Yaakov did was appropriate, you know, Hashem could find one area where the tzaddik should have delivered. And maybe perhaps he didn't. And I, but again, I think the takeaways. This is a very difficult story. You know, you, this this can't be an easy story for you. Um, you know, we have to remember that Yaakov is a tzaddik. He's bechir to avos. And maybe this was a very difficult story. And maybe there are aspects of it that were correct and aspects that were were more shady, more gray. I, I think if we walk away with one thing. It's a, it's a gray story. It's a difficult story. But we, you know, he is the bechir to avos at the end of it. Which 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 is why I think uh, back to what we said at the beginning. I, I think it's appropriate to teach it to children. Um, the way that I think most uh, yeshivos teach it because in, 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 a, in, a, le- in right. a less nuanced way um, because it, we we absolutely need to grow up um, knowing. convinced yeah, yeah like fully convinced knowing and believing that Yaakov is, is a tzaddik um, but then they should though, listen to this podcast after what? but then they should listen to this podcast after yeah, when they're older and they're able to appreciate nuance um, and understand what it means to be judged, Kichuta Sahara, 
and and uh, you know to just to, to be to be able to appreciate the complexity of life and then you can, you can, you can go back and understand it but but the the most important thing to walk away with is that is first of all trusting um, in 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 our in our uh, in our others trusting in our sorrow trusting in in our in our roots and knowing that Yaakov is the confirmed um, before or or at least heir of, of of Abraham and Yitzchak that at the end of the day Yitzchak did uh, did concede to the bracha uh, he gave him another bracha afterwards that he was the correct before like we need to know that with confidence and we need to know that Yaakov is a tzaddik with confidence and that's that is the most important thing and if you want to get to a higher level of learning and a high and a deeper appreciation for the story and to explore the world of nuance and the philosophy of truth and how we define truth um then 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 you can you know listen to listen to this podcast or or be mine in, in the sources but but to, to start off saying Yaakov, I, I don't think it's a disservice mm-hmm. to to teach it in the simple black and white. Yaakov is a tzaddik, and and everything he did was uh, was not just um, justified, but completely correct. I mean, you don't have to say it, it, it fully exactly like that, but to teach it right. in that fashion, I think is is appropriate. I want to thank you so much for joining for this um, very, I think, important conversation on our parsha. Um, it's supposed to have you. Thank you very much. It's always a, always a pleasure to, to talk Torah with you. Awesome. Okay. So, well, that's all for this Real Talk Torah. Keep it real. Keep talking. And most importantly, keep the Torah. Thanks for joining us here in the database.